Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. There's something about that coffee and milk. I enjoy my London fog, but the coffee and 2% is sure a delightful combo. And I have to uh, say that the coffee definitely perks me more than the Earl Grey tea, which I know comes as a shock to absolutely no one, but it's still interesting to have the data, if not tremendously well-controlled, not empirical, but certainly anecdotal data. Today is Tuesday, June the 4th. Hope you all are doing well. I wanted to mention, I always appreciate when you folks tag me on various social media and tell me that you enjoy listening to the podcast. That makes me happy. Um, you know, like I could see the numbers, but still sometimes it feels like I speak into the void, speaking out to my quiet country road <laughs> as the neighbors look at me dubiously walking their dogs. Uh and I think it's funny how many people tell me, but they don't listen to it in the morning, not over coffee. And I think that's perfectly fine. This is my first cup of coffee. You may enjoy your tea, your cocktail beverage, your walk or drive. I think that's uh, perfectly legitimate. I just want you to be happy. I want everybody to be happy. <laughs> I suppose that's... Probably something I learned from my mother, though I'm not a Pisces. That's part of her particular uh, astrological cross to bear, I believe. So, the report on the Fiery Citadel revision, where we wondered how far our intrepid heroine would make it yesterday. Um, <laughs> I actually made it like two pages <laughs> <laughs> past where I started yesterday because I thought of a way to solve a problem and I went back and uh, I I think I went, went ended up starting the day at page 56 again went back to page 56 and I layered in um, an entire three more characters appearing sooner in the story that's turning out to be what a whole lot of this revision is, is I'm front-loading a lot of the character appearances and the reveals. You know, as I go through Editor Jenny's comments, I'm finding that she wants to know things sooner, which is, she was patient with me in the first book, but and, and I wouldn't do it if I didn't think she had a good point. But uh, it's definitely... I, I can see why she wants me to do that because there's enough reveals for the end. And so I don't need to be as cagey as I am about some details. You guys hear that mournful meow? That's Jackson hitting the end of his leash and really wanting to go somewhere. Okay, we'll see. Should we remind him how it ended up yesterday that we were out on the road when the neighbors were walking their dog and we had to go run? as fast as we could back for the house on safety and what would have happened he's not listening to me 
fortunately, they had their dog on a leash. So that was good. All right. What are you going to do? He's going back towards the house? What are you doing? <laughs> this cat. All right, let's see where he wants to go. Cat wrangling. This is my life. Once I think about writing, I write. I wrangle cats. That's a pretty good life, right? All right, let's see if he'll be satisfied here. Dang it, I've been trying to remember what to call this thing that's on the end of his leash. And I thought I'd memorized it. For some, it's one of those words that just escapes me every time. Now I want to say cabochon, which is a kind of jewel. I thought I'd remembered it. I always want to start with the wrong letter. That's part of my problem. I have a weird brain that way. I don't know. I've. It's... For the most part, my brain is very useful and has a good filing system, but I have weird kinds of cross-referencing. Um, for instance, whenever I want to say Frank Lloyd Wright, I instead say Andrew Lloyd Webber. So you can totally see my confusion there. And I think I've talked before about my dramatic and terrible confusion where I'm mixed up around the time of Goodwill Hunting and something called Mary, I confused Ben Stiller, Ben Affleck, and Matt Dillon and Matt Damon, which people found astonishingly inept of me. And yet, if you listen to the names, <laughs> it's absolutely, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with how they looked. It was a, um, it was the cross referencing of the names. I don't know. I've, I think it's because I'm an auditory learner. And so, I don't know. I, I file things by, like, sound and cadence. So, yeah, whatever that little thing on the end of Jackson's leash that you use for rock climbing, that's not called a cabochon. And it's not going to reveal it to me. I, I came up with a mnemonic, <laughs> and now I've forgotten the mnemonic. Ah, oh, well, it's like my... Uh, when I'm writing, I don't worry about these things. If I'm reaching for the word, um, I almost never stop when I'm drafting. I just put in my square brackets and put in, you know, like my, I, like if I was trying to say the little climbing thing, I would put in square brackets cabochon. And when I come back, I would know and I would go look up what that word was. I wonder if I can look it up without messing up the recording. We could see. Now that I know how to splice it, I always have to look it up. I, you guys all know what it is. I know you're all like shouting at me. Climbing gear. And so now it wants to sell me climbing gear. I've always wanted to call it a crampon too. Oh, wait, there's a picture of them. I'm sorry, I'm sure this is fascinating to listen to. Carabiner! Carabiner! See, I was closer now with Cabochon than with uh, Crampon. <laughs> Carabiner. I have got to figure out a way to remember that. 
You could tell that I was getting closer, though, with Cabochon. Carabiner. So let's see. Let's try this. Uh, I care about Jackson, so it's a carabiner on his leash. Let's see if that works. I know it doesn't really matter. But anyway, I hooked the carabiner onto the arch there, and now he's laying in the sun, and he's very happy. So that was a win all around. The thing about revision is, is I can't do my square brackets thing. And that's part of why it goes slow, is I do have to go through. And I, I have my synonym finder, which is still the best book in the world. Uh, way better than a thesaurus. If you are someone who wants a good tool for writing, use a synonym finder. And I find that my old paper version is still way better than the online version. Go figure. Um, but the synonym finder, if I can't find the word I want, it almost always keys me into another term that gets me where I want or stimulates my memory. That's the main thing is usually I know the word. I just can't think of what it is. And so I have to stimulate my memory to get there. So yeah, now that I'm changing the order of the reveals and conversations and bringing in new characters sooner, then it's changing what everybody knows when and how they make their decisions. And I think it'll go faster now, but I know I keep saying that every single day. So we're just not worrying about it. I do think that it's um, flowing well and working well. So there we are. I didn't hear, Jenny was supposed to be back in the office yesterday, but I imagine she was swamped. I didn't necessarily expect to hear from her. She said I could talk to her on that day, but I think I'm fine. She might be just hoping I'm fine, which I am. <laughs> fine. I really love that song um, that Amanda Palmer does with Tom. can't think of Tom's last name. Bad wine and lemon cake. I'm totally fine. Wonderful song. Uh, let's see. Oh, exciting news. Uh, Assistant Corrine, whose alter ego, review alter egos, uh, are Sullivan McPig and Voodoo Bride, has just conducted her first book awards contest for the year. And she awarded um, Arrows of the Heart, swooniest romance and most awesome book all around. And I'm sure that it was a completely unbiased voting <laughs> and that it's not at all because she loves Zier and wanted Zier to be rewarded because he didn't get a Rita final. Rita finals are, you know, it's, um, you never know. You just don't know what books that those particular judges are going to love. And, you know, a lot of my fantasy romances have so much fantasy that the the hardcore romance readers just can't or don't want to wade through them to get to the romance. Um, witness, editor Jenny, asking me to layer in more romance earlier into the Fiery Citadel, which I don't mind doing. It's just, um, I always feel like Romance is kind of an indulgence on my part because I love writing the swoony scenes and the sex scenes. So I always feel like I should get back and not have the long exchanges, right, Ed Kamara? <laughs> very long exchanges between characters. Is it just a boy-girl thing? It might be. I mean, that seems so classically boy-girl, doesn't it? 
you know, the or or het male, het female. I had an interesting conversation with um, my friend. I don't think she would mind me saying this. No, um, with Kelly Robson, who is a lesbian and married to a woman and has never had a relationship with her man, a man ever. Um, she and we were having a conversation at Nebula's um, over wine, and she was telling me about something that was very painful for her. And she said, this is what happens when, I, I think she was quoting someone else, this is what happens when women to get, get together, sorrow pours out of our holes. Um, and she said, she said and, and men don't do this. She said, men just never talk about their pain. And I said, I'm going to stop you there because I think you're wrong. And she's a lovely person because she said, do tell. And I said, I think this is because you've never been in a relationship with a man. Because men do talk about their pain, but they talk about their pain to their wives and their girlfriends, their lovers. They talked about their pain with usually the one woman in their life who hears all of it. And and I've heard this talked about as being something that adds to the emotional labor of women, if you're familiar with that term, that women end up very often being the sole repository for their male partners, Het women end up being the sole repository for their male partners' troubles. Um, you know, and it, and you can see that come out in some of her ideas about marriage. You know, the better half, the help meet, you know, the, the woman who's at home waiting for him when he gets home from work and all of these things. And even though uh, very few women these days are waiting at the door with a martini and a cigar and the newspaper when their husband gets home, you know, ready to rub his feet and serve him a steak. There's still the emotional equivalent of that, where women are, um, you know, very often the only one that that their man talks to because he's not going to talk to anyone else about it. And and Kelly conceded that that was probably true, and she was surprised, and she'd had no idea. I think she'd had this idea that all men were always like how she observes them in public, or at least het men. Um, and it's a, it was it was an interesting conversation that way. Yeah, I think we um, we change this up in books some because we like to have men talking to other men about the heroin. And while I think guys will sometimes talk dating strategy with other men, I don't think they very often. We'll talk about things that uh, bother them, that upset them. I don't know. I would love to hear if anyone thinks that I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> I saw on my high school class Facebook page, um, there's one person who always posts memes about how we're old. <laughs> so like don't really understand why I want to look at this. But uh, there was a funny post, and a couple of the guys, one of whom I dated and one of whom, well, actually both were among the dreamiest guys in school, and one of them I got to date later, and the other was my friend and is still my friend. 
uh, we're talking about <clears throat> telephones and getting a long enough cord that they could like sit at the kitchen table to have conversations with their friends about like which pom-pom girl they were in love with that week. And I thought it was really funny because I guess I didn't think that guys talked to each other about those things. I mean, certainly the girls, we spent all kinds of time on the phone. Oops. Oh, good. I was afraid I, I started pulling weeds. Sorry, I couldn't sit here and look at them. There's a really huge milkweed on the driveway. I'm going to have to go out and get that today. These few were crowding out my desert four o'clock, so they had to come out. But anyway, you know, the girls, we certainly spent all kinds of time on the phone, you know, angsting about the boys. It was interesting to hear that the boys did kind of the same thing. Maybe not angsting, but they were probably, I don't know, knowing boys, they were probably discussing legs and breast size and so forth. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get to it, I think. I'm going to hit it and see how far I get today. And I will blog tomorrow and talk to you all again on Thursday. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Hope your June is in bloom and soon there will be a moon. So you should have all of the pieces you need for a wonderful month. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.